The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. That other guy. Yes, welcome back to another episode of Free Kicks uh, as we uh, come down from the uh, tremendous experience that was the World Cup. Adam, you know rank this world cup for us in terms of world cups that you've watched in your lifetime this is pretty far up the list as far as i'm concerned certainly definitely up there i would definitely say in the top two or three i've ever seen certainly i put it on parallel with the 1990 world cup that i really enjoyed it's funny how the ones i enjoy it's when england does well but <laughs> hey you know that's just one of those things but um but yeah, it, it was great. I mean, 169 goals, that's a lot of goals to watch. So um, yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, if you would have told me that uh, America's not going to be in it and that my favorite team, Germany, would be eliminated in the first round and that uh, every team I rooted for generally throughout the tournament would lose <laughs> and I would still consider it the best uh, the best uh, World Cup ever, uh, that tells you something right there. It was, I thought, you know, here's the thing that, made it so great the games themselves were great you know what i mean it wasn't so much who was playing necessarily as it was a much more wide open style of soccer than we're used to seeing in the world cup where usually they pack it in they they do their best to make sure they don't lose by a big score so it's zero zero or one to zero and it wasn't like that at all yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the teams just went for it. There was a lot of goals on transition where teams were maybe attacking and then suddenly a team would counterattack. And we could talk about that here in a little bit with the final. But that was the best part of it. Some of these goals were just fabulous in terms of how teams would be defending one minute and then yeah. all of a sudden they're attacking in the other end. So, yeah, great, great stuff. Well, so let's talk about that final game because that uh – that was a that was a pretty good final game for a World Cup. Six goals, um, and really Croatia was not in the game for most of it, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, for me, it was one of those games where Croatia really controlled the possession. I mean, they they that's what they've done pretty much every game in this World Cup. They've controlled the ball. They can control possession. Because their midfield but, is unbelievably great. Yeah. I mean, you've got some great midfielders in Perisic, Modric, and Rakitic. They, they they can keep the ball. And even as talented as France was, they couldn't get it from them. But the, the thing that, and it's the underlying theme, I think, for this World Cup, um, is that even though Croatia had wall possession, they were very vulnerable on two things, set pieces and counterattacks. Right. And when you and when you look at the goals that were scored, all of those goals that France scored came from those two things. It was either a set piece or a counterattack. Right. So that gives you an idea. And I think that's really for me that was the theme of the World Cup. That's how teams would end up winning. You know, obviously England did very well. They were the king of the set pieces. That's true. You know, you know, so 75% of England's goals were scored on set pieces. There you go. There you go. And they, I know they were kind of joking a little bit about with Harry Kane. You know, he had he won the golden boot, but they were saying that you should give it back because, you know, three of those goals were penalty kicks. But, hey, you still got to put them in the net. So yeah, believe me, we it. saw plenty that didn't put those penalty kicks in the net. Yes, yeah, exactly. But really, a great game. Um, 
But again, for me, possession really means nothing if right. you don't put if you don't put the ball in the back of the net. Ask the, the Germans. Ask the, the Germans. The Germans dominated all the games that they played and went home after the first round. Exactly. Same, same with Spain. You know, it uh, it's not enough to just have the ball. You have to do something with it. Yeah. And on one one thing I always see especially in coaching education is we look for trends and especially after a world cup there's always trends about how teams start to you know maybe shape up how they play and whether it be club teams especially college teams and and other things you'll see i think you're going to see an even greater emphasis on set pieces with uh, a lot of teams now and you're going to see a lot of greater emphasis on just working on counter-attack stuff so yeah um i think you're going to see that when you're watching games on the weekends, uh, whether it be local teams, club teams, college teams, whatever it may be. So do you think France is a worthy champion? I think they were a good champion. Were they uh, the best team in it? Probably not. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, they, they did everything they need to do to win, the, to win it. And uh, I think, obviously, they beat Argentina in a great game, which was, you know, obviously one of the big ones. Um, but yeah, they, they did real well. I mean, they, they were worthy of, of winning. It's just, um, you know, I just felt like they just never, there was still something missing. There was still that they still have more to give and they've yeah. got a young squad. They've got a young squad. So maybe that's something that they can kind of bring back down the road. I, I actually felt like they never played a great game throughout mm-hmm. the inter- the entire tournament but they won everything they needed to win you and that's that's how you win the world cup uh, and yeah. by the way i don't know if you saw this for winning sunday's final fifa's going to give france 38 million dollars from its prize fund that's what they get for winning that is a nice little chunk of change yes it is and yes, croatia is. gets 28 million so that's <laughs> don't feel too bad for Croatia. They had a nice run, and they got a nice chunk of change there at the end. Definitely. Well, hopefully that, that goes towards some grassroots coaches and uh, hopefully builds a few more soccer pitches in those countries. That would be great. That's true. Uh, now, if you were watching the game, there was one moment that was disrupted by um, fans running onto the field. We see this at every game. and But, you know, I was saying this watching this with my wife. Um when those fans ran out there, I thought, oh, my God, they're doing this in Russia? <laughs> you know, yeah. what's going to happen to these people? Because it meant so much to Vladimir Putin that everything right. was run perfectly well. Well, as it turns out, those those uh, protesters were actually political protesters who were protesting, uh, you know, political prisoners being held. It was the, the punk rock band, uh, Pussy Riot which has become okay. a famous worldwide band, but not for their music <laughs> because I've yeah. heard it. And woo, is it bad? Uh, <laughs> it's really bad. But they're really great at this protesting and they get underneath Putin's skin and he can't he can't send them to like Siberia or have them, you know, uh, whipped and chained and everything because they're so popular. So... Right. What happened is they got sent to jail for 15 days. They've been banned from uh, attending sporting events for the next three years. But another, what I would call successful political, um, uh, I don't know, a protest during the yeah. during the game. We didn't know what was going on. And I didn't yeah. even notice they were women. Did you? 
no, I didn't. You know, I guess any time you have a chance to to steal some so steal some TV time when there's a you know over a billion people watching, you're gonna get your <laughs> you're gonna get your thing across. That's for sure. So um, the other thing is, uh, you sent this to me this morning. Somebody did this is in, from England, right? Somebody yeah, did an analysis of all the different kinds of celebrations on the goals and made like a color pie chart, which uh, you should check it out. It's in, <laughs> it's in the guardian, uh, but the three most uh, popular goal celebrations, this is after you score and you start celebrating. Uh, there was the jump and punch, which yep. I think is, you know, you can just picture it. There were 24 of those, uh, 26 hugs afterwards. <laughs> Um, which is a good one. You know, your teammates are being part of it. And then, of course, the famous knee slide. Oh, yeah. And the knee slide has become almost cliche because yeah. uh, you see it every week in the Premier League. But on this grass, apparently, which was like a deep green hybrid turf, multi-million dollar uh, turf, um, apparently was perfect for sliding. So... Congratulations to all the celebrators. The Griezmann dance. I did you see that after he got his? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's what he's at a fortnight thing. Or exactly. Thing. Yeah, exactly. I know. My, my kids told me about that one. My yeah. Goodness. So, so did mine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one other thing about the World Cup before we move on. Actually, I got two more things. One is the World Cup ratings. You might have heard that the uh, ratings are down 15% because they are. They were down 15% from 2014. Uh-huh. But think about this, all right? it's That's true. But but it, if you look at it the way I look at it, that means that the, the ratings were tremendous because, number one, they were played here in the morning. Most of the games yeah. were in the morning. Yeah. Last time it was in Rio and in, in Brazil – they're in the same time zone generally, so we saw games at much more favorable times for ratings. Sure. That's one thing. Number two, the U.S. wasn't even in this one, right? Last time the U.S. was in it, it was a big deal. The idea that the World Cup could get those ratings with morning games and no U.S. teams is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then thirdly, a lot of the games aired on FS1, which isn't even available on all cable outlets. And they set ratings records on that channel. And the games that were on Fox also set ratings records for soccer games. And the final game was the highest rated game on Fox since the Women's World Cup final in 2015, in which the Americans played. Wow. wow. So those are pretty And the ratings don't include live streaming which yeah. is way more popular now than it was four years ago. So I say this is a super successful World Cup. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, everybody I knew, certainly obviously I'm entrenched in the soccer community, but everybody I was chatting with, hey, we're we watching the game. We're going to see it. You know? right. and, if the, and if they're not watching it um, you know, at home, it was so funny. I saw some stuff even in England on Saturday for the England game. There was a, a wedding taking place, and there's a guy in the altar in the aisle there watching the game, <laughs> just kind of. And it was all these novel ways of kind of watching it. It was probably tougher for those guys because the games were middle of the afternoon. So right. <laughs> but um, 
and especially on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon in the summer when everybody's getting married and then all of a sudden, hey, you know there's an England game going on. <laughs> you know, so, my favorite thing uh, was when they scored that first goal in the semifinals and yeah. they, they showed all the different places in England and everyone was throwing their beers in the air. It oh, was like goodness. a sea of yellow. <laughs> it, it is so funny. It, it was great. They I must mean, have, I have walked out of there drenched. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And you could see, I mean, you could see the passion there. Oh, my goodness. Those guys were just, it, it meant the world to them. And it's like, they probably just bought that beer and they're just. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, That's good money not, you're throwing up in the air there. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I, I like I said, I think with with every possible way to watch the game now, whether it be streaming on you know, your iPhone, whatever it may be. That you don't even you can't even figure out what those numbers would be. So it, it's really it was really for me a great success. All right, so let's see how closely you were paying to uh, paying attention to this World Cup because I have a quiz for you. All right. Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. It's, these are multiple choice quizzes. <clears throat> All right, Panama and Iceland, the two debutantes of the World Cup, each picked up one point between them. Okay. Actually, they picked up just one point between the two teams. Against which team did they get that point? Tunisia, Um, Croatia, Argentina, or Nigeria? I'm going to go... So... Panama and Iceland. Panama and Iceland. So the two teams. So it would be... Did Croatia, was it one? Did they get one against Croatia? Nope, sorry. All right, one wrong. Argentina was the answer. Argentina. Oh, Argentina. Okay. Wow. Uh, Who had a penalty rescinded during the group stage after the referee refused VAR and decided that the player had just fallen over? Was it Ronaldo, Neymar, Harry Kane, or Messi? Oof. Wow. Was that Ronaldo? I think that might have been Ronaldo. Was that Ronaldo? It was Neymar. Oh, boy. Neymar. Doing, yeah, doing well I, there. I, I, I tell you, <laughs> struggling, struggling. Oh, for two. <laughs> Which two clubs, this is, this is by the way, this quiz I didn't come up with myself. I took it out of the Telegraph, uh, an oh. English newspaper. So these are tough ones. Yeah. Uh, which two club teams provided players that scored the most goals at the World Cup? 12 each. Okay. Okay. Manchester United and Man City, PSG and Tottenham, Barcelona and Real Madrid, or Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. I think I know this one. PSG and Tottenham. That's exactly right. The Harry Kane made it too easy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which country won their first game at the World Cup for over 40 years? Peru, Panama, Egypt, or Iran? Um, I think it was Peru. Very always oh, coming back. Yes, uh, very good. <clears throat> what was Volgograd, one of the host cities known as under the Soviet Union? Was it Leningrad, Sverdlovsk, <laughs> Königsberg, or Stalingrad? I'm going to, I think it's either Leningrad or Stalingrad. So I'm going to go with Stalingrad. Very good. That's three in a row. All right. <clears throat> Which of these teams did not win a penalty shootout? Russia, England, Belgium, or Croatia? 
Ooh, I think it's probably Belgium, right? Good. Wow, you are rocking it. Yeah, here we go. Which team beats beat opponents from Asia, Europe, Africa, Central America, and South America? Was it Belgium, France, Argentina, or Brazil? I think that's France. So sorry, it was Belgium. Ugh. Paul Pogba became the first Premier League player to score in a World Cup final since Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Emmanuel Petit, or no Premier League player has scored in a final. <laughs> I'm guessing, I think it was Thierry Henry. It was Emmanuel Petit. <sighs> um, Pogba, by the way, first Man U player ever to score in a final. Interesting. Which percentage of goals at the World Cup, this is something we were talking about, which percentage of goals at the World Cup were scored from set pieces? Was it 31%, 43%, 55%, or 67%? I'm, it's between 30 and 40. I'm guessing about 43%. Very good. Yes. Here's one that you should know. What All is right. the... Common theme in England's last three knockout wins, Ecuador in 2006, and Colombia and Sweden in 2018. England scored a free kick in all three games. Their opponents all wore yellow shirts. England scored a penalty in all three games, or all three games went to extra time. I think it's the yellow shirts. Very good. That's it. All right. So you did okay. You did, you got six out of ten. That's a D. Well, that's a D. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. That sounds so. Hey, hey, that's still passing in college. It's still that's passing. Bad. That's right. I would have been fine with that. Exactly. Uh, by the way, if you're a fan of free kicks, you might have noticed we had got a little late on uh, on delivery there on Radio Misfits. Everything is cleared up. Uh, if you want to find us, you still find us on free kicks. Uh, we're also at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can uh, subscribe to us uh, at uh, Radio Misfits of Free Kicks, and uh, we also are on on uh, both Facebook and Twitter. All right, so Adam, we have some uh, American uh, news stories to uh, run with here. Why don't you tell me about some of the things happening locally? Yeah. Um, first of all, we just finished the President's Cup. Uh, this was the national championships for the President's Cup, and we were lucky to be able to send six teams over to Indianapolis. And uh, we can certainly say it was girls' day in terms of national champions because we got three national champions from three girls' teams. Fantastic. And, uh, and all pretty local, especially. Uh, we had the Arlington Aces under 15 girls. They ended up winning a national championship. Chicago Rush under 17 girls were the national champions for their division. And finally, a team you and I know very well, the Green-White, Grunweiss, under-18 girls, first national championship ever, I believe. So, which was unbelievable achievement with for all of these teams and uh, really, uh, really great achievement to win a national championship. I know uh, we'll be recognizing them and invite them to our banquet uh, March 1st next year. So, we hopefully, we'll get a good representation of all the uh, girls there. Yeah, I you know want to congratulate all the teams, especially that green white team. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you saw the video of them accepting the uh, the trophy there, but um, I, did you see it? 
I did. I yeah, did. Okay. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations to them. I, you know, one of the uh, the managers of that team, uh, his name was Joe Welk. I uh, just passed away uh, last last year, and uh, they he used to wear this floppy hat all the time. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. took a picture of the trophy with Joe's hat on it as a as a tribute to Joe. And so awesome. Uh, I think that was a a nice little nice little thing. Yeah, no question. And that team was playing with something higher than what we could even deal with. So I think, especially with Joe in their hearts, I think that was something that really guided them to the championship. And that was awesome. That was I, awesome. I agree. All right, Adam, uh, every week you have to provide a, a TV tip. This is going to be a challenge. Let's play the audio. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. Okay. What's going on? Anything? <laughs> Nothing. Take a weekend off. Don't watch any soccer. Um, yeah, just relax. Um, that's the thing. I think that's the thing. Watch some baseball. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, really, I think it's time to kind of regroup. I think a little bit of regrouping time in preparation for Friday, August 10th, the opening day of the Premier League. That's going to be the next time when you should be really gearing yourself in for some soccer games. So, Oh, wow. I thought it was the end of August. It's, it's coming up oh. early soon. Yeah, it's going to be up here before you know it. So looking forward to that. And that's actually should be a pretty good game. Man United is going to be playing in that game. So it um, should be fun. Man United with a uh, World Cup champion Paul Pogba on the team. That's right. That's right. Now, if, if people can afford their kits, you know, I just saw actually I was just watching something and uh, they have now officially the most expensive uh, uniform that people need to buy now. Over $250 for a full adult kit. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't Who imagine I can't imagine an adult buying like a, yeah, I want the shorts, give me the socks. <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you'll be amazed. But, yeah, could you imagine? I don't know. I mean, obviously, the shirt's over 100 probably over $120, $130 just for the shirt alone, which is nuts. Yes, I mean, I'd, like the, uh, I'd like it in triple XL, please, and make sure I get the shorts. <laughs> And the socks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so uh, so they'll be playing with their very expensive kit on that first game against Leicester. So that'll be a good game. Okay, okay. great. So we're going to take a little break with free kicks, and uh, there's really nothing going on for the next couple of weeks. And we'll come back after that first uh, weekend of Premier League soccer and and uh, and hop back in the, uh, in, in the driver's seat. If you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, as I mentioned. Or you can check out our day jobs. I'm an author and publisher at Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. Adam's the technical director and director of coaching of the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of this podcast is Tony Lasano of Opi Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again the week of August 10th, let's say August uh, 15th or so, with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?